I just want to, uh, if you turn with me, if you've got a Bible, or you can look over one, in John's Gospel, chapter 10. John 10. verse 7, then said Jesus unto them again, truly, truly, I said unto you, I am the door of the sheep. All that ever came before me are thieves and robbers, but the sheep did not hear them. I am the door. By me, if any man enter in, he shall be saved, and shall go in and out and find pasture. The thief cometh not but for to steal and to kill and to destroy. I am come that they might have life and have it more abundantly. I am the good shepherd. The good shepherd giveth his life for the sheep. But he that is an harling and not the shepherd, whose own sheep the sheep are not, seeth the wolf coming and leaveth the sheep and fleeth. And the wolf catcheth them and scattereth the sheep. The hireling fleeth because he is an hireling, and careth not for the sheep. I am the good shepherd, and know my sheep, and are known of mine. As the Father knoweth me, even so know I the Father. And I lay down my life for the sheep. And other sheep I have, which are not of this fold, them also I must bring. And they shall hear my voice, and there shall be one fold and one shepherd. Therefore doth my Father love me, because I lay down my life, that I might take it again. No man taketh it from me, but I lay it down of myself. I have power to lay it down. I have power to take it again. This commandment have I received of my Father. I just want to talk uh, very plainly about the reality of what Jesus said. Uh, he made it plain right at the start in John 10. He said, um, I'm the door of the sheep. In other words, I'm the only way you can come into God. You can only become part of the true flock of God by coming through me. And then he goes on and says, all that ever came before me are thieves and robbers. And Jesus made it plain, there wasn't anyone ever who came before but a thief and a robber, and they only came for one purpose. It says, the thief cometh not but for to steal, to kill, and to destroy. That's why they come. And there's no other way to come to God but by Jesus Christ. And I always make it plain on a music of miracles. One thing, I will only pray in the name of Jesus. There is no other God. There is no other name under heaven whereby you can be saved. There's no other Savior. There's no other Redeemer. There's no other being that can help you. 
Jesus alone. And it's not just as a prophet, he is God. It wasn't just among the prophets. It's quite plain. Jesus made it very plain. I'm the door. If you want to come in, there's only one way to come. And he made it plain that the thieves come but to steal and to destroy. Religion destroys, robs people of life, doesn't bring life. Jesus comes to bring life. We're a Christian church. I'm not a healer. I don't go about uh, believing I'm a healer. I do not believe in occult powers. I don't believe in uh, miracle powers. It's not magic. There's only one God. His name is Jesus. And he lives. And he's the only one who can heal. He's the only one who can deliver. There's no other name. And if people want to know, I, I've not got any particular gift. If you come thinking, I can do something, you're in trouble. But I know someone who can. His name is Jesus. He lives in me. But I, I'm not going to pray in any other name. I'm a Christian. Christ lives in me. He's the only true God. And so that's it. And people don't like that in this day and age. They think they have a right to their own way. Well, you have no right to anything. God's God. He said what is. He sent his son to die. His son came, Jesus came. He bled and died to take your sin and my sin into his own body on the tree. There's no one else that atones for sin, just Jesus. On the third day he rose again from the dead. He ascended into heaven. He said, look, I've got power to lay my life down. Judas didn't somehow cause Calvary to happen. God caused it to happen. Jesus came with a determined purpose of redeeming you, body, soul, and spirit. It's all done by him. Very simple. Jesus always challenged people. It was confrontational. And I want to confront you tonight. You came here, God got you here, here's the confrontation. If you want a miracle from God, you're going to have to take it on God's terms, not yours. Your problem in your life is because you want it your way, and God says, no, that's not right. And so you have to make up your mind to say, well, is God's way right? Is confrontation right? It is. When Jesus met people, he always confronted them. He confronted them over the issues of sin, living independent from God. Confronted them over the issues of their life. Confronted them over the issues of their religion. Everything was confrontational. And that's the way it is in life. If you want to come into life. And I don't want you to come under any other misapprehension. I want you to know. I'll pray in the name of Jesus. God will do a miracle. But he'll only do it in Jesus' name. Won't pray in any other name. There is no one else to help. And if God doesn't meet you, you're on your own. That's it. Now, isn't that simple? Turn to the person next to you say, I understand that. Go on. If you don't, 
you're in trouble. Is that plain? Huh? Is that plain? You know, it's, it's good to come into a church where people don't talk in riddles. You know, I've never been known for talking in a riddle. All over the world, they're trying to change the truth into a lie, trying to convince people that things that aren't, aren't true are true. I've come to the conclusion it's better to be faced up with reality. It's wonderful what Jesus does when he comes. You know, he, he always came and he just confronted people eyeball to eyeball, face to face. And they had a choice. And you can either believe what I say or you can reject what I say. That's it. It's a free country. got choice. That's the only choice you have. I mean, you can choose hell or you can choose life. Simple. You can choose to reject God or receive him. Simple. Choose to be in life or death. Simple. In 2 Corinthians, 2 Corinthians, Chapter 3. Uh, it says in verse 5, Not that we are sufficient of ourselves to think anything of ourselves, but our sufficiency is of God, who also hath made us able ministers of the new covenant, not of the letter, but of the Spirit. For the letter killeth, but the Spirit giveth life. Now we don't think of ourselves we can do anything. What we know is our sufficiencies of God. And when you come, and you come to a church, there, there is no way that there's any magic now, we don't think our sufficiencies of us. I, I, I go on and I've argued with some people on, on some programs on television, and one of the arguments is always, you know, well, this healing, you know, when you say you pray for people, well, look, when I pray for people, it's God who heals. It's God who does a miracle, not, not a man. And, and Paul, when he referred to it, he said, look, our sufficiency isn't of us. We know that. And you have to understand that once you come in and you seek God, you don't try and believe yourself into a miracle. God does it. You don't have to get all religious. You just allow God to do what God does. He said, if we lay hands on the sick, they will recover. Guaranteed. That's what he promised. I happen to believe it. And he took your diseases into his own body. He took my diseases into his own body. And what happens is that somehow he does a miracle. 
I always remember a strange thing. I was in a church in London, very big church in London. This woman came out, and she had her arm all strapped up. And she walked out the front, and I said, what's wrong with you? She said, well, she said, I was an air hostess, and, and she slipped. She was coming out the plane, and I suppose it was a few years ago now. Yeah. She, she walked out the plane, and she fell, and when she fell, she shattered her, her elbow uh, and broke her arm. And when she went to the hospital, they had to put pins and, and um, plates in it because the bone was so shattered and the elbow was so shattered. And her arm was locked up about like that, was it? Or was it like that? Thereabouts. Okay, you were there. Yeah, okay. Anyway, it was locked up. And she'd had it fused and, and all these hardware put in metal came out for prayer. I looked at her and you know, I said, what's wrong? She said, well, she said, they've told me I've lost my job because I can't carry on because look, I can't use my arm because it's all pinned up. And that's it, I can't carry on as their hostess. So I said, well, do you want to be one? She said, yeah. So I said, well, do you believe in miracles? She said, yeah. So I said, give me your hand. So I took her hand. I said, God's going to straighten it now. And I just took her hand. And I said, straighten it out. And she just straightened her arm out. So bend it back. So now move it. Raise it up. She moved it. And it was working perfectly normal. Now, I've always wondered what happened to all the metal work in her arm. I mean, how did it happen? Because it was all fused. I don't know. I mean, I don't know how God does it. All I know is that she carried on being an air hostess because God healed her. I don't know the technicalities of it. I didn't go and, and kind of look and see if there were a few nuts and bolts on the floor. I don't know how it happened, but I do know what happened. God healed her. I've seen some strange thing, impossible. I saw a woman who, who had no ligaments in her ankle, and she'd come out of a car at 60 miles an hour, 40 miles an hour, uh, and rolled out, and, and she'd lost her shoulder blade. It had ripped off when she crashed on the ground and smashed her arm and smashed her leg. And I remember going there and her, her arm was fused up at the front. I didn't realize it at the time. When I prayed for her, she crashed on the floor. When she got up, she began to run and she was waving both arms above her head, completely healed. But she didn't have a shoulder blade. She couldn't because her arm had been fused. But God refused to acknowledge it. And that was it. And she was completely healed. I remember her going back to the doctor, and the doctor who had fused her arm was shocked when she walked in, because she was in a wheelchair before, she walked into the doctor's office, and he said, but you can't walk. She said, can't I? And then she sat in front of him, and he had fused the bone, and she sat there, and he said, can you move your arm? She said, yeah, look. And he said, but you can't do that. And she said, I know I can't. And then she lifted up, waved it around, 
How does God do it? Frankly, I haven't got a clue. And if you think I can do it, I've got news for you. Only God can. Miracles are God's work. Can I medically explain it? Not a bit of it. Now, if you've come tonight and you want to work out how, how something can happen to you, I'll tell you, I haven't got a clue. One thing I do know, God is God. He does what he does, and that's it. And he's here for you. He loves you. He's not against you. He's for you. He wants to reach into your life. He wants to do things in your life. The most important thing is the sin question. Independence from God, you need to get your life right with God. You can't afford to live independent from him. You can't afford to go your own way. You can't afford to choose what you want. You've got to go his way and live according to his will. That's it. And the most important thing is to acknowledge that you need a savior from sin. Without that, I won't pray for you. Because I believe sin questions the main thing. Calvary was about dealing with people's sin. And Jesus Christ took your sin and my sin into his own body. What is sin? Sin is everything that's contrary to God contrary to his will. If you've lived your life independent from God, then you're a sinner. You need to humble yourself, repent, and Jesus will forgive you. He says if you confess your sins, he's faithful and just to forgive you the same and to cleanse you from all unrighteousness. He'll divide your sin from you as far as the east is from the west and he'll remember it no more. It'll be as though it never was. Now that is the promise of God. Simple as that. And it's not based on what you do, it's based on what he has done for you. He was the Lamb of God, slain before the foundation of the world. He came, he died on Calvary, he rose again the third day, but he took your sin into his own body, he paid the penalty of it, he took the power of it, and it's over. It's as though you never sinned in your life. That's the wonderful thing of being a Christian. You have no consciousness of sin, you have a consciousness of God. You know God's alive, he's real, and he's real for you. And that's the wonder of it. Wonderful, wonderful salvation. Wonderful, wonderful truth. And it's so, so simple. Can't make it more simple than that, can I? Is that plain enough? You understand? Now, I'm not going to compromise on anything. You know, there's no, no way you'll ever get me to water it down. The wonderful thing about salvation is Jesus said, if any man comes, he'll in no wise cast him out. And I guess in saying if any man comes, he included women too. That's our God. He loves you. I want to pray for you tonight. If you came for a miracle, I want to pray. But the first thing I want to pray for is that you get your heart right with God. That you know Jesus as your Savior. 
you know the reality of it. You know, you can come, and you can come to try and get from God what you want. And a lot of people walk into a church, and the only thing they want to do is they want to get something from God. They think they can deceive, but you don't deceive anyone but yourself. The truth is, God has come to reach into your life, into your heart, and do something for you. He cares for you. He loves you. My Bible says that God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten Son, that whosoever believeth in him should not perish but have everlasting life. And the real issue is always sin. You need a Savior. He'll save you body, soul, and spirit. He'll reach into your life. He'll do a miracle for you. That's how wonderful he is. And it is so, so simple. It's a matter of choice. You choose to go to hell or choose to turn to Jesus Christ, the only Savior. Isn't that simple? You know, I, I, I never want you to be able to walk out of here and say, I didn't understand what that man said. Very plain. Huh? Got no choice. Let's all stand up. I want you all to close your eyes. I want to pray. The most important thing is to get your heart right with God. Jesus bled and died for you. On Calvary's tree, he took your sin. There's only one way to be forgiven. You have to come to him. If you come, he won't cast you out. He won't reject you. It's as simple as that.